Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hello and welcome back, everybody. This is our first ever episode of the One Good Scare podcast. We're saying hi to all the returning listeners of the Lovecraft Country Chronicles podcast. And for our new listeners, my name is Natalie Zamora, and I'm here with my co-host, Max Mallow. Hey, Max. Hey, Natalie. Thanks for uh, bringing me on the show. Happy to carry on all of the good vibes that that came from the Lovecraft Country Chronicles show and and transition more into... uh, Something we both love, which is horror movies. Oh, yeah. Horror all day, every day. I'm really excited because I am obsessed with horror, as is Max, and I feel like not everybody is, so I don't usually get to talk about all the horror and TV that I'm watching. So this is going to be great. Agreed. I feel like <laughs> since the pandemic happened and we like sit next to each other at work, just yes. come in and just be like, you see this trailer? Do you watch yeah. this? Our our daily discussions have kind of been relegated to Google Hangouts or our text messages, but I feel like this will be a great opportunity for, for us to share uh, something that we love and give our thoughts on it and also just uh, create some entertaining uh, content. Totally. So we're, we're excited. We hope everyone listening is exciting too. So on Saturday, it's Halloween, the big day, biggest day of the year, best holiday, can't hype it up enough, hype it up enough. Um, do you have any Halloween plans, Max? Is it going to be a different Halloween with the pandemic? Oh, no, you know, candy out on the porch, you know, <laughs> at least 50, no, of course not. Um, th- this Halloween will feel super weird. Uh, yeah. You know, no office Halloween parties, no getting together with old college roommates or anything like that. I haven't been trick-or-treating in years, so (laughs) I I won't miss out on that part. But it's definitely going to feel different. But the best part about being indoors and it being Halloween is that you can watch all the horror movies you want and get away with it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like in past years, it's kind of been like... You try to juggle the Halloween plans with the Halloween marathon. So this year it's just been, I downloaded the sci-fi app and that's all I'm watching and AMC. So we we got it. Yeah. And I feel like also with the extra time, you can just scroll through whatever Netflix has to offer. Yeah. And there's always movies on there you've with, never heard of. Always. And they're always bad. <laughs> they're always really bad. Except... The one I think that I loved that I found through Netflix was Terrifier, which I absolutely loved. I don't know if you've seen Terrifier. No, I've never heard oh, of it. Oh, it would be right up your alley. <laughs> Extremely gory, killer clown. It's it's right up your alley. It's so good. Um, I just looked it up. 2016 yeah. American slasher film. Well, I'll have to check it out. It's really Thank gory. <laughs> Warning ahead of time, super gory, but very good. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've had... What what have we had come out this year that's been big in horror? Obviously, Haunting of Bly Manor, which, yeah. you know, we could probably say that for another episode potentially yeah. next week. Um, <laughs> but Invisible Man this year was yes. one of my overall favorite movies that just came out. Um, Me too. Super good. Obviously, directed by Lee Winnell, who obviously is known from the Saw franchise. He also did Upgrade, which is also one of my personal favorites. I don't know if you've seen that. 
I have well. not. Oh, I'm just adding a ton of horror movies <laughs> to your list. It, it's more like a thriller action. Like it's kind of in the line with like how some people might consider the Terminator a horror movie because yeah. of how scary Arnold is in it. But you know, futuristic tech AI, kind of the same vein as Invisible Man with how yeah. important oh, yeah, yeah, technology yeah. is. But also very very good. That came out I think last year or two years ago. But Mm-mm. fantastic movie. Yeah, and I've never even heard of it. Yeah, you should give it a watch. But Invisible Man for me has been... I don't know what's been your favorite movie, but Invisible Man is probably mine. I know. I honestly... When I think about the horror movies that came out this year, like Invisible Man really sticks out. I really love that movie. It was so good. And now that... I saw it in theaters, and now that it's on HBO Max, I watched it again, and it it so keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. It's a good one. Yeah, and we love... What's his face? Oliver uh, Jackson Cohen. That is a you hunk of a man. You know I know his name. <laughs> that is a hunk of a man. Uh, Follow him on Instagram. All of it. He is so good. Um, yeah. Obviously not from The Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. And then, of course, Elizabeth Moss, who everybody should really know as, as Peggy from yeah. Mad Men, who's just, again, an incredible actress. And that movie just... I feel like... A lot of horror movies want to include uh, social commentary and, and what's yeah. going on in the world. And I think that movie nailed it perfectly in terms of, yeah. without going into too many spoilers, of course, just <laughs> like her acting and her portrayal of her character was so on point and it was so good. And and your man, Oliver Jackson Crawley, I got that right? Cohen. <laughs> Cohen. <laughs> um, it's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Just as that. Again, no spoilers. We'll save it for like a spoiler episode. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. We can do a whole episode on it. We should watch the original and then that one and then talk about it. But I'm done. anyway, so today, Halloween. Let's get into our topic of this episode, which is the Halloween franchise. So Max and I are big fans of the franchise. Maybe not every single movie in it, but there are so many good ones. So... Uh, what is your favorite Halloween movie, Max? Oh, starting off with a good question. I think you can't you can't downplay the original because of yeah. how important the original is, and it's still scary. Like movies back then, you could watch now and be like, "That wasn't scary." Yeah, you're just laughing. That movie is still scary. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. Um, <laughs> but even taking like recency bias into it, I really loved the the 2018 one. Yeah. I think that I one might well. be my favorite. I really loved that movie. Out of all of them? Out of all of them, yeah. I think that movie was so well done. And we could talk about it more as we get into the topic, but Yeah. You know, that's the eleventh one in the franchise, correct? Yeah. 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 And uh, bringing back JLC, Jamie Lee. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> was already a a, a, a bonus. Um yeah. Judy Greer, already yeah, a bonus in, in my uh, in my book. And I think they updated it well enough to be in a in a modern setting, yeah. And had to just unjumble everything that went on in that storyline in that franchise. And I thought it was great. I think the my favorite that that one take when Michael Myers is walking through the neighborhood and just killing people mm-hmm. in the uh, in different houses was so well done. And I I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I was like, this looks amazing. Because I think now, as I get older and the more I get into horror, I'm looking for like amazing cinematography. In yeah, horror movies. totally. Especially with the wave of like Midsummer and Hereditary and yeah. The Witch and our joint favorite movie of all time, The Lighthouse, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I would say like respect to the original and guilty pleasure season of The Witch. <laughs> yeah. I would say the 2018 one actually probably has to be my favorite right now. Yeah. What nice. about you? I really do like the newer one, too, the 2018 one. I think my favorite would be the original. I also really love the second one. I remember, like, growing up, it was really scary to me. There was a scene where he drowned someone, and I did not like that. Now, watching it, I'm like, ooh, so good. But I also, my guilty pleasure would be the Halloween H2O. That one really just gets me it'll be on tv every year and i'm like yep i know exactly what's gonna happen it's pretty silly there's bad acting and but jamie lee curtis is still in it and i think it's josh hartett 
that plays her son, and he has a really bad haircut, and it's just an all-in-all good movie. Um, That's like his signature, isn't it? Just having a really bad haircut in whatever movie he's in? I don't even know, because I looked him up to see what he was in recently, because I feel like I haven't seen him since, like, the early 2000s, but... Yeah, I didn't. It's not a good haircut, but it was a good movie. So, <laughs> put the haircut in the spotlight. If he's in um, Thirty Days of Night, which I yes, love. yes, that, that is a really good movie. Sucker for vampires, pun intended. Um, <laughs> and the whole H two O movie is so interesting because it's again one of the times they tried to reboot the the story and the timeline yeah. of, of Michael Myers, and it comes after Scream. And once Scream is out, everything about horror movies completely changes. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite movie of all time for the genre. And, yeah. you know, I think it's, I don't mind H2O. Resurrection, <laughs> if you put Resurrection on in front of me, I, like, our friendship's over. With, with yeah. Busta Rhymes and uh, just him fighting Michael Myers in, like, a, a an action scene, that is just, <laughs> it's peak comedy, but it's also just the worst of the franchise, in my opinion. You gotta admit that it's hilarious, though. Like, Absolutely. I watched that movie growing up, and I remember just being like, yeah, like, so many, it was so stupid, but so funny, and now I need to watch it before this Halloween. I need to do it, maybe tonight. No, that you can't. That is, that is so bad. Like, <laughs> the, there's like that, the, the middle part, there, there's one with Paul Rudd in it. I believe it's Curse of Michael Myers has Paul Rudd in it, or, yeah. The last one before H2O. Has, yeah. <laughs> watch that one, because Paul Rudd's in it. Oh, Paul I Rudd's actually do. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. I don't. It's funny, because like, I would never associate him with the Halloween franchise, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, that that did happen. Okay. Yeah, bring bring him back. I think they tried to bring him back for one of the newer ones, um, and he declined, because they wanted to have him uh, reprise his role as um, the, oh, my yeah. mind, the kid. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. I think I think that yeah I think it was for the new one, right? Yeah, I think he bailed on it to do Ghostbusters, which like wow that movie yeah, that franchise is in the dirt in Hollywood, is it not? I'm looking at right now because I remember Kyle Richards played like the little girl in the original ones, and she's slated for Halloween Kills in 2021. So maybe Paul Rudd. Could be coming back. I'm down. Knock on wood. <laughs> I'm I'm down for Paul Rudd to make a return. Yeah, he's the best. Um, so do we think that Hollow? This is a hard question. I don't even know why I'm posing it because I don't have the answer. But is Halloween the best horror movie franchise ever in the history of horror movies? That's so tough. Yeah, I want to say no, but I also don't know what the best one is um i want to say that it's better than nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th but those original two movies are amazing but then a lot of the rest of them are just not even watchable yeah that's tough also the remakes of friday the 13th and the remakes of nightmare on elm street were terrible so at least like the newer version of Halloween was really good. That puts that puts it a step ahead. You know, I really don't mind that Nightmare remake. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's like obviously just like pretty carbon cut the yeah. same exact thing, and the characters aren't as good in it. But Jackie Earl Haley, um, who plays Freddy in that movie, yeah, I enjoy him as an actor. He's obviously great as Rorschach in uh, in White in Watchmen, mm. but yeah, I don't know. I don't mind that movie that much. Rooney Mara, just yeah. Whatever. I know Rooney Mara. I'm a fan. Uh, anyway, in in terms of being the best horror franchise of all time, that's a really tough question because I guess when you want to put it up against the the two other big ones, Friday and Nightmare. Yeah, Friday goes on for so long. At some point, you're just recycling the whole, same thing over and over again. But there yeah. are some really good Friday movies, mm-hmm. especially Jason X. Like, Jason X is just a fun <laughs> sit-down-and-watch stupid Freddy stuff. Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason as well as just stupid <laughs> mid-2000s horror, yes. uh, over-the-top gore, and just college kids and everything you need to make a horror movie. But 
like I guess looking at the first three, right? I mean, I would rank Nightmare scarier to me though. I think Nightmare scarier than Halloween and Friday. I don't know. It's hard to say. I just watched it yesterday for the first time this year. And I loved it, but I didn't think it was scary. I think it really depends on the mood that I'm in. If I'm, like, ready to get scared, then I'm not going to get scared. But if it just creeps up on me, then I will get scared. Yeah, I think Freddy's just a scarier character than Michael. I guess it all depends on your personal taste as well. But, like, got Johnny Depp in the the geyser. That scene is so iconic. Yes. Just so many lines from Freddy as well. Because it's before Freddy gets, like, goofy and, like, quirky (laughs) with his lines. Yes. That movie scares me. And obviously Halloween has so many iconic scenes as well. With the ghost in the bedroom and the the bedsheet and and the, the guy falling out of the closet. But in terms of best, I don't know. There's there are a lot of, like, critical duds in this franchise. Yes. Like... <laughs> Four through six are, you could say, are duds. H2O, I'll give it to you. Good. Not great, but good. Yeah, not great, but Re- good. Resurrection. Buster Rhymes Karate. No shot. Never getting in there. <laughs> I haven't seen the zomb- the Rob Zombie ones. so Okay. I did. I actually really liked the first one that he did. I thought it was so scary. And it was so gory and graphic and like he has rob zombie just has such like a creepy touch and such like a you feel like you shouldn't be watching it type of thing like it's really happening so i think he did the first one really well the second one i did not like i watched it one time and was like nope did nothing for me it follows michael myers more too right it actually like opens up into his character and discusses like his backstory and his his yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. it talked about like in the first one, it had like they showed his whole family and then like his mom committed suicide because he was in the mental like uh, hospital or whatever. So it had like a good kind of backstory that the whole time it was so creepy and it was really just like, I don't want to watch this because it's so unnerving. But like, that's the best part of a horror movie. It was good. I liked it. I remember it scaring me on like TV spots it had back in the day. And like yeah. late two thousands when I was a kid in in middle school and high school, like the Michael Myers he made was terrifying. Yeah, and I haven't seen the movie, but just looking at the shape itself was just terrifying. Yeah, it's a good one. You should watch it. I watched it. I remember I was in middle school, I think, and. I tried to sneak into the movie with my cousin, and they said, no, you need an adult. So we made my poor mom come in and sit with us, and she hates scary movies. So she she just hated life. I felt so bad. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that again to her. Oh Well, I think I've only, I've only snuck it into two horror movies underage, and that would be Final Destination 3 <laughs> for Mary Elizabeth Winstead only. And oh my gosh. When a Stranger Calls, that mid-2000s remake. The one with Camila Bell? Yeah. I have I have that as a talking point later. No so way. <laughs> we're gonna, we need to discuss that movie for a quick sec later. Oh wait, I guess I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have snuck into that one because that was PG-13. Final Destination, oh, Final Destination I definitely snuck into because mm-hmm. I was too young to be watching that movie and watch Alexis Johnson get her head shot in with, with a nail gun. That was... <laughs> Too young for my age. Um, but, yeah, it it's tough. I don't think you can say it's the best of all time, even though yeah. how iconic the first one is, how good some of the other entries are. It's it's all over the place. It, rest- yeah. it restarts its timeline multiple times. The third one doesn't even have any Michael Myers to do with it. Yeah. It's all just that creepy Silver Shamrock song the entire time. It's yeah. gross. It's a gross <laughs> movie. Like, when the... The masks start blowing up people's heads, and yeah. it ends kind of spookily. But like, it's not. I don't think you can say it's the best of all time. I would probably end up giving it to something like, to like Nightmare or something. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're both saying it's not the best, but we do love it, and we love it so much that we're gonna talk about the first ever movie, the first one, nineteen seventy-eight, John Carpenter. Let's get into it. We have some, you know, some 
fun behind the scenes facts that will be just fun to talk about. Um, so the origins of Halloween. Did you know I had to read an article about this, basically just how the whole story came about? I know some things, but yeah, go into it. So John Carpenter, he was kind of already like an established director at that time. He had a couple movies and a couple shorts. Um, so he was hired to make the movie by a producer named Erwin Yablans and a fin- his financer, Mustafa Akkad. And uh, they paid John Carpenter $10,000 for the job. Um, and I, he obviously made, you know, royalties and then extra money after that, but that was what he was paid for the job. Um, and then Deborah Hill, who I saw on Wikipedia, but I could not find any other information on this was apparently his girlfriend at the time. Uh, he, she helped him write the script. And I also didn't realize, I knew, so I'm from New Jersey, so I should have known this, but the Haddonfield in Halloween is based on Haddonfield, New Jersey, because that's where Deborah Hill grew up. So I was like, nice, New Jersey facts, we love it. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just waiting for, like, the New Jersey official Twitter account to roast you for that and be like, you didn't know that? Wow, you're really not from New Jersey. Okay, cool. We we have the at, the New Jersey, They'll, they'll love it. We're shouting out New Jersey. Um, and before we get more into the origins of Halloween, we're going to take a short break for an ad and we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. So, all right. So what we talked about, John Carpenter was hired. Deborah Hill, uh, helped write the script and, New Jersey. Basically, it's all you have to know about what we talked about. So, um, so also, for the original script, the movie was called The Babysitter Murders. Um, so, it wasn't supposed to take place on Halloween. It was basically, you know, Michael Myers killing, trying to kill the babysitter, killed one babysitter, and it's just called The Babysitter Murders. Um, but Yablan suggested it take place on Halloween, and then they call it Halloween, and the rest is history. So that's basically how this huge movie franchise and movie came to be. Um, do you think that the movie would have had the impact it did if it was called The Babysitter Murders? Like how, like how, I don't mind the name, but I feel like having it take place on Halloween just changes everything. It makes it like the Halloween movie, if that makes sense. I agree. I think you don't get a franchise called The Babysitter Murders <laughs> and you know, have it regarded on a level like Friday the 13th, where, you know, Friday the 13th, you're playing off the fact that Friday the 13th is an ominous day in culture, right? A Nightmare on Elm Street already sounds spooky to begin with. Yeah, that was just a good name. (laughs) The Babysitter Murderers, uh, you might as well, like, watch The Babysitter on Netflix. Yeah, which your favorite movie. Yeah, my favorite movie of all time. Got it. (laughs) Oh, man, don't even get me started. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have the same impact. You also, what's crazy is that just the, the the way it's able to tie in the holiday, the fact that it takes place on the holiday, it adds this yeah. whole spooky vibe to it that when you're a kid yeah. and you don't know how to correctly, you know, limit your suspension of disbelief, you think, holy crap, on Halloween, Michael Myers could be out there somewhere. Yeah, totally. And like you said, it just set the tone in the movie. Like, they're carving pumpkins, you know, it's creepy. The little boys, like, does the boogeyman exist? Like, you couldn't have had all of that if it was just a random Saturday night. So I think, yeah, Halloween, it definitely it definitely was a game changer. And also, the babysitter murders, I don't mind it, but it also sounds like the babysitter club, like those books, or like, it doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't really mean anything to me. But that's also because it's not a movie franchise. So maybe if it was, I would feel differently. But Halloween is is the best one. Agreed. And it really kickstarted one of the most iconic franchises of all time. One of the scar- yeah. one of the scariest horror characters of all time. Yes. And John Carpenter as a director. I mean, he goes on to do The Fog. Which I don't know if a lot of people have seen the the original, but they've definitely seen the remake. With, I um, saw the remake. <laughs> it, who's it with? It's not with um, Ashton Kutcher. It's with someone. No, it's like Tom Welling, right? Yeah, Tom Welling from *Cheaper by the <laughs> Dozen*. 
That's, that's it. yeah. Superman. Soup, no, Snow from Cheaper by the Dozen. He's uh. Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't he play Clark Kent in that uh, in Smallville? Oh, you're right. He does. I never watched Smallville. <laughs> I never watched. I was more of a Vampire Diaries and Gossip Girl kind of dude. So I didn't watch it either. But for some reason, I just associate him with like the cover of that show. Anyway, um... how did I mix that up? Oh, because Ashton Kutcher is also in Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, he does the thing, which again is an all-time great. Mm-hmm. Um, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, and Christine, which is also a great oh, Stephen yeah. King adaptation. So, yeah, Carpenter just just ran with it after this movie yeah totally and i mean he deserved it as does the co-writer deborah hill who i feel like is underrated because everybody just associates this movie with john carpenter yeah let me look up what else she's credited for because you're right everyone does just associate uh john carpenter with halloween and yeah even more so because of the song yes The, the theme song and john carpenter go hand in hand yeah like like peanut butter and jelly it's not even it's not even close but so let's see what else did she do she produced the first three halloweens did not write the last halloween movie though but also worked with john carpenter on escape from new york the fog did escape from la so yeah oh she also actually produced the fog remake with tom welling so Mm, tom welling yeah um so uh, yeah, so I'm, like, just getting the feeling that they did not think this was going to be the smash hit that it was. I mean, the fact that Carpenter was paid 10000 for the job, and then the film made $70 million at the box office internationally everywhere. Um, so I really, like, when I was just doing research on the origins of the story and the reception and all of that... Um, there is just no evidence that Carpenter or the team planned for the movie to spawn sequels or become this huge franchise. So do you think that they thought it could be that successful? I mean, obviously, we can't read their minds, but there's really no evidence that they were like, this is going to be a 10-movie franchise. Like, you know, it's not a Michael Bay production. It's not, like, a huge thing that we would have now. I feel like if you'd ask them, be like, do you think this might get a lot of movies and the studio might just completely ruin it? Be like, yeah, that's a possibility in Hollywood. <laughs> I could see that totally happening. But in terms of it becoming as iconic as it as it did, I don't think they knew yeah. that. It's hard to know that. But yeah. it also started everything, right? Like yeah. Friday and Nightmare Follow after that. Then you get Child's Play and, and Chucky. And I guess you can call those like the four horsemen of horror as <laughs> as the big villains. But... Yeah, there's no way. I mean, who, with a, a a giant walking around with a a William Shatner mask as a yeah as a multi million dollar franchise? No way. I don't. I don't think they would admit to that. Yeah, and I'm trying to think like what other huge horror movies were out at that time. There, I don't think there was any with like that one slasher guy, right? Like The Exorcist had been out, Rosemary's Baby was out, but there wasn't any to my knowledge i could be wrong but there wasn't a huge movie like this where there is a main slasher guy not one that completely changed the genre yeah like exorcist of course is like historic for its uh its performances and and becoming uh, an oscar nominated movie yeah and everything like that and the exorcist is great and and it was scary back then oh it's super scary that movie still scares the crap out of me People left the theater because they were so scared. That movie still scares the crap out of me. That that little girl, <laughs> for the rest of the time, will scare the crap out of me. Not not many things scare me, but just like if you're if you're scrolling through Twitter and she just pops up possessed in your timeline, <laughs> I'm gonna go, whoa, wait a minute. Like, one, why is that there? Two, whoever that is, you're blocked, muted. Uh, you're never seen on my timeline again. I'm and gonna do it now. I actually went to. I was in Washington D.C last year on vacation and i went to the steps where the oh, priest at the end of the movie cool. falls all the way down and we walked up and down the steps and i was like yo these are steep as hell i guarantee that this would have hurt if i was to fall down all of these steps yeah that's awesome i want to go there it's fun it's a little nice little uh 
area. <laughs> not memorial. What do you call like? <laughs> mo- not even monument. Monu- not a monument. Just like a piece of history. Yeah. Piece of cinematic history. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned earlier about the Michael Myers mask. So I think, you know, a lot of people did know about this, but I think it's worth mentioning. So just how the Michael Myers mask came to be. So the script just described it as having the pale, neutral features of a man, which is painting a man in, you know, not not the best of light. It seems creepy to say it like that. Just like a neutral face, pale. Um, and I guess just because the low budget for the film, the film had a $300,000 budget. The production designer, whose name was Tommy Lee Wallace, bought a William Shatner Star Trek mask to use. Um, so production, they spray painted it white. They messed up, like they made the eyes more hollow to make it creepier. And yeah, there's a mask. Um, I have this little picture here in our notes uh, comparing the original William Shatner mask and the new one. And I also like how they added like real hair I always thought Michael Myers' hair was really creepy, like the mask hair, just because it looked so fake, but it also just looked so off-putting with the white face. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but that's just how I always felt. There is something spooky about it, right? Yeah. Like, Freddy Krueger, you look at Freddy, and you're like, yo, what is what up, what up, dude? Like, what's wrong yeah. with you? Like, what <laughs> happened? Jason I was never terrified of, because it's just some no. big, bulky guy with a hockey mask and a machete. I'd be yeah. more scared of his mom than actually yeah. Jason. <laughs> um, but like Michael Myers, just especially throughout the movie when he's just standing there, yeah, it's creepy as hell. And yeah. I think a lot of people should actually like look up the comparison because they go, okay, yeah, yeah, everybody knows horror trivia. It's the William Shatner mask, right? Mm-hmm. But looking at it side by side now on my screen, that's crazy. It's it's yeah. like actually modified a good amount. Um, yeah the eyes are really creepy it's like those hollow eyes yeah it makes him look like he has no soul and you're just staring into an empty man which essentially you are yeah yeah it's creepy they did a good job i think that yeah that might be the best mask i'm trying to think of other iconic masks because yeah freddy is just burnt to a crisp essentially it's not a mask yeah it's his face yeah yeah that's just him and yeah i do love jason as a villain but his mask isn't scary we gotta give it to mm michael m oh there's mr Mr. myers there's one other you gotta at least throw in there as a honorable mention and And which one my guy ghostface oh yeah of course of course but again that's like that isn't scary because it's just a Halloween store mask. True, but if I, you know, when I saw kids walking around my elementary school with that mask on, <laughs> especially the party city ones that you could pump with the blood and the blood would oh, run down yes. the face. I remember those. Like, that's like peak throwback right there. Yeah. That I was like, dude, come on! Like, I'm nine years old here. What are we doing? Why are we? Yeah. Why are we walking around school like this? This is not okay to me. <laughs> Kids always did that at my school, too, like elementary school. And I remember, yeah, the fake blood and the teachers being like, don't use it. Like, clearly mad at the parents for sending them to school with it. Exactly. Like, kids were like, okay, I want to be a firefighter or an astronaut or yada, yada, yada. And then there's just the one group of kids and they all come in with their ghost face costumes on. And they don't even know anything about Scream, but they just know they saw a scary looking face and a little ball that connects to the mask that squirts blood up and down the the, the the mask that that used to just upset me as a kid that shit scared me i it, won't lie it's terrible it wouldn't fly today because people would legit think it's real blood just knowing how messed up the world is now that wouldn't fly today oh agreed and they like even real props like yeah uh you can't have like gun or knife props obviously no of course not. I think like cosplayers get away with it when they go to conventions and stuff like that, as long as yeah. it's not too real. And cosplayers obviously do a great job at like creating a character yeah. for a movie or a game or an anime or whatever like that. But if you were to walk around now with them with that costume from when we were kids, with the no. blood coming down the mask and just walking around with a bloody knife, so, something's gonna happen and you're gonna be like, "What did I do to deserve this?" I'm like, you know exactly what you did to deserve this. Like, yeah. 
That's like in so many horror movies, I guess, especially the older ones. But like the killer is walking around with like some type of evidence that they just killed someone. And it's like, but it's Halloween. Everyone's dressed up. No one notices. That's what's so good about Michael Myers. (laughs) He's fitting in. He's just he's dressed up. How are you going to make fun of the guy? He's that's his (laughs) costume. A giant black jumpsuit, like a engineer's engineer mechanics jumps uh, yeah, jumpsuit, yeah yeah and a, a shatner mask that you know got uh, got messed up a little bit yeah just a little bit <laughs> can't fault the guy he's our favorite apparently um and then we need to talk about jamie lee curtis in this movie because it's just crazy to think like obviously neither of us were alive when the first halloween came out but we know Jamie Lee Curtis now as a huge actress. You know, she's she's won Golden Globes. She's well-known. Freaky Friday, come on. That was, like, my childhood. Round of applause. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so we all knew Jamie Lee Curtis, but Halloween was her first ever movie role. And apparently I was reading that she wasn't the first choice, so Carpenter wanted an actress named Annie Lockhart for the part, but uh, Deborah Hill really wanted Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, so shout out to Hill again for killing the game and making those really good decisions because Jamie Lee Curtis is the best. She's one of the most iconic final girls of all time. Yeah. In my mind, she is the final girl. Like you also have Sydney Prescott who. Yes. Like I love Sydney Prescott and you have, I'm completely blanking. You're the Nightmare fan. What's her name from Nightmare? Nightmare on Elm Street, the main woman. Yeah. What's her name? Why am I completely blanking? I don't know, and I'm sorry, everyone. I'm gonna. I'm just completely blanking. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Um, no, it's okay. What's her name? Why am I? Uh, Nancy uh, Thompson. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's also great. Yeah. And you have. There's not really a final girl in Child's Play, but like those are the big three: Nancy Thompson, Laurie Strode, and Sydney Prescott. And yeah, Sydney Prescott. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy, like. You can also connect it to the, the the remake, yeah, or the sequel that came out two years ago, because they casted again like kind of an unknown as Laurie's granddaughter, uh, yeah, Andy Matichek, who was great in the movie, and yeah. there's just something about that with horror movies is just taking someone unknown, putting them in this iconic final girl type of role, and then just yeah. skyrocketing them. Yeah, yeah, because Halloween like it kickstarted Jamie Lee Curtis's movie career, but also like she was in so many horror movies after this. She was in three horror movies in 1980: The Fog, Prom Night, and Terror Train. Then in 1981, she was in Road Games. Um, she was in a few more, and then of, of course all the Halloween movies she's been in. So you know she's just she's the best. She's the horror queen. For you, the horror queen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might shy towards Nev Campbell just because I love Scream so much. Because Scream is your favorite, yeah. Yeah, plus you get like the, you know, Sydney Prescott is so iconic. Like, mm-hmm. I'd say Sydney Prescott is more popular than Ghostface, you know, in the franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the main character. Right. It's all revolving around her. And, of course, you got to love Dewey and Gale. But yeah. for me, Sydney Prescott, and a very close second Laurie Strode. But yeah. Jamie Lee as well, right? I mean, like you mentioned, Freaky Friday. I remember seeing yeah. that in theaters. Absolute classic. Same. There's even Banger. there's a horror adaptation of it coming out soon from Blumhouse. Yeah, Did you see that? It comes, yeah, it comes out today, actually. But I don't think it's... Oh, yeah, that's basically... And it's just called Freaky. Yeah, yeah. it comes out today. I want to see it, but also I'm not going to the movie theaters, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't... Oh. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I heard that you could rent out a movie theater... For yes. like you and your friends, and it's like extremely cheap to do so. They, I looked it up, and they said you could do twenty people, and I'm like, that's not safe. Twenty people in a in a closed oh, not room at all. together. I was like, what? But I tried to do it because I thought, all right, maybe a few people, but it was only for a few days, and then you couldn't do it in in the city because the theaters aren't open in the city. So. Oh yeah, New York City not a good idea. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Our coworker Vince is is on vacation right now. Yeah, uh, working in in Atlanta. And I believe he said it was like a hundred bucks just rented out. And if you bring like five people, you can socially distance in the theater. Yeah, and watch whatever horror movie you want to watch. And on Halloween, free, 
Freaky. Freaky. It's got Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the the girl from Paranormal Activity Four. I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, but she's the the blonde in in the fourth Paranormal movie. Ka- oh, Catherine Newton. Yeah, she's yeah, that's really her. good. That's her. She's really good. I like her. That movie not so good, but she's good. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this. I hope that they, I didn't look too much into it, but I hope that it's released on a, just video on demand, because I'll rent it. Why not? Yeah, I'll rent it too. (laughs) What else do we gotta do, right? (laughs) We'll let you know on the next podcast episode if we watched it, and we'll give our review. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, so Freaky Friday, um, True Lies, an Arnold Mm -hmm. movie, you have, of course, all the movies you mentioned. Go ahead. The Fish Called Wanda one. A Fish Called Wanda is what it's called. Yeah, that was 1988. That movie was good. She was good in that movie. Yeah. Have you seen, obviously, The Fog, Prom Night mm-hmm. were both remade in, like, the yeah. Hollywood horror remake period. Yeah. Prom Night, that, that had uh, Britney Scott. Britney Snow. Britney Snow, Snow right? Yeah. That was so bad. <laughs> that movie was not good. Britney Snow, fantastic. That movie, yes. not so good. Yes, and then, I remember I rented that from Blockbuster in middle school. Very disappointed. Not good. There's <laughs> also, I don't know, you probably haven't seen Terror Train, right? No, I have not. It's a funky movie. And it's like one you would not expect to see someone like Jamie Lee Curtis in if you were watching it like today. The only reason mm-hmm. I know of it is because, shout out to Dead Meat, the YouTube channel. Which yeah. Which we both absolutely love. Oh, yeah. Uh, James Janice covered it. Uh, for I believe it's a New Year's movie because they all go on a train during New Year's to celebrate as like, a party. Oh, okay. And some guys just wandering around on the train killing people. It's really goofy. It's really like silly, but yeah, it's crazy that you would think that someone who just played Laurie Strode is yeah. now in this movie Terror Train. I gotta check it out. It's fun. Um, it's just a crappy '80s horror movie. <laughs> Those are the best, though. Okay, we have to take another break. This is our second and final one of the episode, so keep with us, and we'll be right back. And we're back with the Jamie Lee Curtis stand group chat. This is us now. Um, I'm leading it. Max is close behind. Do we have any other thoughts on Jamie Lee before we move on? Absolute legend. Yeah. And that, thank you for watching the Jamie Lee, Stan, Jamie Lee Curtis stand <laughs> chat. <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes that we should just have a Jamie Lee Curtis episode for the podcast. We'll have to watch every horror movie she's been in and just talk about all of them. I'm down. Just You don't just be that awesome and not get an episode on our podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis, the future of the Halloween franchise. So we're happy that she's continued to play her role as Laurie Strode. Um, she started in the 28 movie, 2018 movie, sorry, um, that we've been talking about. It's simply called Halloween. It basically said we're just going to ignore everything that happened since the first movie, and it kind of acted as a sequel to the 1978 original. It was kind of like the Halloween H2O, but just a new version of that almost. But except this one, uh, Lori has a granddaughter in H2O. She just had a high school son. So it's a little bit past that um, time frame. But it's similar in the fact that, you know, it's like 20 years later. and Or it's not 20 years later. Sorry, it's years and years later. And Michael is coming back for Lori, of course. Um, so... You said you love this movie. It's your favorite one in the franchise. I also really love this movie. Do we have any other favorite moments or strengths? You said the cinematography. I agree. It was very good. I also think there was like there was a really good twist, right? When they were in the car and the one doctor like goes against the police officer or something like that. I'm really sorry for not being an expert on this scene, but... There was a twist where, like, the doctor that was taking care of Michael, he wanted to save him. Yeah, and that's actually a weakness of mine. That's, like, my only weakness of the movie, actually. I I think I remember us talking about it. I liked it just because it caught me off guard. It was okay. a little, like, I didn't believe, like, thinking about it now, it's like, why would he do that? That's kind of stupid. But it caught me off guard, so I was, you know, on the edge of my seat. So I did like that part. Right, and I get it too, right? You don't want to do an exact kind of remake of yes. the original Halloween because 
you don't want Loomis in the new Loomis. Um, <laughs> I hate, I, I don't want to reference dead meat again, but I think he called him Numis in it because he's the new Loomis. I thought that was so funny. Um, yeah, that's funny. I he, know. I was like, is it even supposed to be Loomis? That's why I didn't even say his name. Cause I didn't remember it was supposed to be like the Loomis character of the, yeah. of the 2018 one for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's a bit of a subvert your expectations type of moment. And I can understand why they did it. For me, I was just like, this movie is great as it is. Don't do anything wrong. Because the brutality was there of Michael Myers. Yeah. It was scary. The characters I was super invested in outside of the the dick boyfriend that Laurie's granddaughter has. Yeah. Um, at yeah, the, he the high cheated school on her, party. right? Yeah. And then he throws her phone yeah. in like the nacho cheese. And I'm like, come yeah. on, dude. Like, but I guess if a movie makes you hate somebody like that, it's doing a good job of portraying the character, right? So, right. I think the gore was super good. They like, Mm -hmm. he hollowed out some guy's face. No, like, spoiler warning already if they haven't done it. But the movie's been out for two years. I feel like a spoiler warning. Yeah, I don't think we need a spoiler warning. A bit foregone at this point. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he hollowed out some guy's face for one of the kills. The again, the whole one shot or the whole one take of him running through the neighborhood is so good. Yeah, and it's also it does a great job at updating the story because, yeah. especially in that scene when he's walking through the neighborhood, people aren't like, "Holy crap, that's Michael Myers!" Like it's yeah. so many years later that nobody would like, "Oh, it's some trick or treater again" or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and he's just walking through and just doing some some brutal stuff and. You know, he spares the baby, so Michael Myers does have a little bit of compassion <laughs> in his heart, which is nice. And you're like, please don't kill the baby. We don't we don't yeah, need this right now. That would have been way too much. Yeah. So um I'm here for that entire movie. I think it's super strong outside of the that the the twist, but I yeah. again I understand why it's in there. And I don't fault the movie completely for like for doing it because you gotta do something new. You gotta updated in some sense and there's also that one scene the, sorry the my favorite strength is the kid or the friend of laurie's granddaughter and he's trying to hit on her because mm-hmm. they, they left the high school party and he's sitting yeah. there and he's like complaining to the neighbor about his life and yeah. it turns out to be michael and he kills him i thought that scene was so that funny. was good yeah that was good that kid was funny yeah yeah it was a good one and then so the next two movies that are coming out 2021 it's going to be Halloween Kills, the one after that, 2022, Halloween Ends. So are they ending the franchise, I guess? That that must be what it means. I guess. it's you For know, now. It's. I thought when I first watched it, I was like, okay, this is just going to be the final one. That's not yeah. how Hollywood works, right? <laughs> nope. movie makes a ton of money. You got to make another one. Yep. And it's pretty conclusive at the end of the, the 2018 one, though, because he just burns alive yeah. in a house. Like, it's not... That- like oh he just got up and walked away again he he, he's in that burning house the house burning a lot (laughs) yeah i remember watching it for the first time at the end and being like damn he really died and you know that's not going to be the last movie so whatever that's always the best with michael myers he will always die and then come back that just comes with the territory yeah do you think so they have two more to do do you think they'll kill off laurie strode in one of these movies Maybe the last one. If they do that, then it has to be the end. I don't want to see another one without her. It would just be like... They did that in Screen 4. They teased killing Sidney Prescott. And I was like, whoa, you're going to do that? You better not. (laughs) I was like, if you do that, you got to at least you know follow through with it. Yeah. Don't fake kill her and then have her come back to life. But I thought it set up the characters really well. I wonder what they're going to do with... Her granddaughter because there's kind of a little bit of that foreshadowing of her with the knife at the end of the movie in the truck driving away from the house yeah and yeah give me more judy greer more judy <laughs> greer and, and jamie lee and i will watch however many more sequels you want to make <laughs> i'm with you okay so as we're starting to wrap up the show here we have the most exciting in my opinion segment our halloween movie hot takes so this is the part 
point where anyone listening, please tweet at us and fight us on these because that's the best part of giving your hot take. People arguing back with what you think. Um, so I guess we'll start just by saying we can be quick with this because this is a TV show and not a movie. But Max and I have some issues with The Haunting of Bly Manor. And this is, you know, a huge show. Everyone's obsessed with it. Everyone's talking about how good it is. And why isn't it that good, Max? The Haunting of Bly Manor? Yes. Can we save this for a full episode? <laughs> I feel like, look, this is a great topic, right? Horror movie yeah. hot takes. And I'm sure we have some really good hot takes. I also asked a couple of people who work with us to provide them uh, their hot takes. I asked my uh, one of my best friends to provide one as well for the show, just so it wasn't just us two in the yeah. <laughs> right in the firing line. But you know what a topic for our first episode! Just gotta upset a lot of viewers, or at least yeah. you know, hopefully, spawn some discussion, right? Yeah. Um, okay, we can save it for a whole. No, episode no, I'll go lot. into it. I'll go into it real briefly. <laughs> okay. I think we're in the same boat. It's not a horror show. Yeah. Right. No. It's so cheesy, and it's a love story, and it's sappy, and I think that, I think Mike Flanagan is a good filmmaker, I will say that, but I think the whole narrative of people being like, he's the best director right now because he um, brings heart to the story, he brings family into the story, he brings, like, you know, emotion, and I'm like, I'm trying to watch a horror show, I don't want the like love and sappiness and cheesiness you know i'm all for a good cry and i'm all for a good drama but this didn't make me cry it didn't make me feel anything i was just like uh why is it so corny the whole time same if you have such a huge thing to live up to with the, the haunted yeah. hill house with how like mom mo- momentous monumental that's the word yeah I was looking for. <laughs> An editor, a journalism major. Can't think of the word <laughs> monumental. Um, how monumental that was for not only Netflix, right? Think of the amazing shows that Netflix has done, right? But yeah. hor- like Netflix horror and Flanagan's been riding a super high wave after that. Yeah. I haven't seen Dr. Sleep. I heard Dr. Sleep was very good. I thought it was good, yeah. Um, again, a huge undertaking, the sequel to The yes. Shining. Like not, yeah. on- not only are you living up to Stephen King, you're living up yeah. to Stanley Kubrick. And Jack yeah. Nicholson and Shelley Duvall, right? So when you come into Bly Manor, everyone's expecting this crazy thing. And I'll say it right now because I think this will be the last thing on the topic before the other hot takes. Spoiler yeah. warning real quick. Yeah. The the whole not a horror thing is pretty common knowledge now, I would say. But yeah. quick spoiler warning. The ghost is stupid. The yeah. main ghost is stupid and she's completely expositional and makes no sense in the story. The whole reason why people die is because they got unlucky and they walked in her path by accident. That's the only reason. She's not out hunting people. She's just going to her bed and going back to the lake, and the lady in the lake is stupid. That's all I'm saying. Spoiler warning, done. (laughs) (laughs) I also will say real quick that I did enjoy many moments of the show. I won't completely say I hated it. Of course, I recommended it and said it was, you know, a cute story, but I had to preface it with it's a cute story, you know. If you want like just like a a light-hearted like Halloweenish type vibe, then sure, but if you're looking to get scared, that's not it. Agreed. So, um okay, with the final final few moments or minutes we have here, I'm just going to say a couple of my Hot takes and see how you think. Okay, so A Quiet Place. John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. I love them both. The movie is not good. Wow. Not good at all. It is boring. The whole idea of this, like, this genre now in horror where it's like, there's something out there that you don't know what it is and you have to hide inside or you have to be quiet. I don't like it. Like, there's Bird Box. There's that movie The Silence. There's that old Mark Wahlberg and Mike Shyamalan, like The Happening. That wasn't that good. Movie's bad. I, that movie's bad. Yeah. Just, just not a fan. So, you know, that's just me. Um, another one, what I was teasing before, When a Stranger Calls. The <laughs> the one, Camila Bell, it is from... Um, 06? Yeah, 2006. It has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, Oof. and I think... I think that is bad. I think that the movie is a solid scare. I really like that movie, and I will vouch for it. So, right. you know, 
That that's a good one. Um, and then my last one. I know what you did last summer. The first one is underrated. The second one is a good film. I will stand by that. It is creepy. It's adventurous, and I like it. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> Am I allowed to break those down at all? Or no? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the one where they go to like Bermuda, or they go on like some. Yeah, crazy... they win a free vacation on the radio, and it's like obviously. They didn't win it by chance. Yeah, that one sucks. <laughs> that one's bad. The first it's a one good film. I, I won't even call the first one underrated. That's a good movie. First it's one's a great. Good movie. Um what are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> I wish like there was like a video portion to this because I would just put yeah. that clip of her like spinning around. <laughs> so good. Um A Quiet Place, you have no heart. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, come on. When when he sacrifices his life, oh that scene. Quiet Place. Love it. Love Quiet Place. And When a Stranger Calls, you know, I don't think there's any <laughs> bolder way to go out and, and, you know, die at the stake for a movie than defending a movie with 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. I had to throw that in there because I looked it up and I was like, damn. Well, that's that's unfair. That unfair movie, call. That movie scared me as a kid when I saw it in theaters because it was so loud. Yeah, and I had like sensitive ears dark. when I was a kid. Yeah, it starts with like the amusement park or whatever. Yeah, and they're running yeah. around. That scared me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're that age and you start being at home a bit more, yeah, alone, your parents are going out. They're like, you know, we trust you to stay alone. And you're like, no, I'm uh, what happens when a stranger calls? You know. So before I throw myself <laughs> in front of the <laughs> front of the mercy of of the the court, I will. I'll read off some of the, the hot takes we got uh, from our okay. coworkers. Um, the first one uh, from one of our coworkers, Gnome. He completely crapped on Eli Roth. He said Eli Roth sucks as a director. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like Eli Roth movies. Mm-hmm. Which I, you he know, he has some bad movies, but he has some good ones too. Hostel, I think, is like the only one you might want to give a pass to. At least I that's maybe Hostel. the only one I would give a pass to. Yeah, I like Hostel, and I like I like that as a franchise. Obviously, it's not as good as the bigger ones, but I like Hostel. I think it's a good one. Um, the one movie that is terrible is The Greed Inferno. That movie sucks. That, that oh, also he made Cabin Fever. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, The Greed Inferno, terrible. Oh my gosh, hilariously terrible. That movie's like just when it's like torture porn for the sake of it and the gore. Yeah. that just doesn't roll with me. No. Um, yeah, you can fight me on that one, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not here for that. Uh, but like I said, I'll give it past the hostel a little bit. And yeah. I have a new hot take that just came off the top of my head. Okay. Despite it being a worse overall franchise, Hostel's backstory is better than Saw's backstory. I don't know. I th- if if you expanded the Hostel universe to actually be a good <laughs> franchise, it would be way more interesting than than Jigsaw. Maybe. I'll give you a maybe. That's a hot take. It's not one I like feel <laughs> yeah. super passionate about either. I was just yeah. like thinking about it. I was like, a bunch of rich people who are paying a ton of money to torture people. Okay, that yeah. sounds cool. What's the deal with John Kramer? Uh, well, he's got cancer and he's dying. And yeah. he just wants to fix people. Like, <laughs> Okay, after the first one, like, what are we doing here? We're just torturing yeah. people. Which I guess is the same plot as Hostel. But at least Hostel has, has Jay Hernandez in it. And Jay Hernandez yes. is dope. So, that's Gnomes. Uh, Vince, uh, one of the managing editors that we work with, had a very interesting point about Scream. And he said, for as good as Scream was, and is still, it killed horror for for a decade. Because everyone in Hollywood just wanted to replicate how popular Scream was. Yeah, I could see that. I like I would never come up with that thought on my own, but I could see that. I don't know if it's really a hot take. It's like objectively you can look at a lot of movies and be like, yo, those are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And they're all trying to be like screen. They're all trying to be meta. They're trying to have the witty characters. Yeah. Like I know what you did last summer is a clear clone of Scream. It's not even funny. But Yeah. But don't, don't, I yeah, like... you I know you love that movie. Yeah, it's a clone of Scream. <laughs> I, I do, but I feel like Scream, I think, is better. Because Scream, well, obviously, I think that's an obvious statement. But Scream is also, like, funny. 
And, you know, it has so many different elements where I feel like um, I know what you did last summer is straight up just creepy and, you know, threatening. Agreed. And, yeah, so that was his take, which, again, I guess if you want to just, like, dissect horror Hollywood as a whole, sure. Yeah. Go for it. Um, (laughs) And one that we'll both appreciate uh, is uh, one of my best friends chimed Mm -hmm. in with his saying that, Mike Flanagan's best work is Oculus, which I think you would. Yes, How would you I feel love about that Oculus. One? I love Oculus. That is a good film. Capital G, capital capital F, good film. I love that movie. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not. Actually, it's one of the Flanagan movies I haven't seen. That and Doctor Sleep. Yeah, because it's not. It wasn't a Netflix original, but it might be on Netflix now. But it wasn't like Hush or uh, Gerald's Game where it just was released right away. But I saw that one in theaters, Oculus, and I remember being like mind blown. Like, poof, it was really good. It's the mirror one, right? It has to do with like spirits yeah. in the mirror or haunted yeah. mirror or something like that. Yeah, it's like a mirror, but it's like also like they're moving out of the house. So they go back to like their old childhood home where like their mom had like a bunch of issues and there was like spirits and there was like they know that a lot of like weird things and they're going to lose track of time. So they have to like keep like a stopwatch to make sure they know exactly what time it is. It's really like mime twisting. It's good. I'll, I'll give it a watch. I do like hush. I think hush was good. Yeah. Um, but my personal hot take, one that I have, I feel very passionate about because of how much okay. I love this movie. Yes. The 2013 remake of evil dead is better than oh. the original done by Sam Raimi. <laughs> Which is like a paradox in its mind because Evil Dead 2 is essentially a remake kind of of Evil Dead 1. It's like the same exact thing pretty much. But Evil Dead 2 is hilarious. It's so funny. But the thing I love about Evil Dead 2013 yeah. is it's just so well done. It's I, yeah. It's scary. It's it takes everything like Evil Dead is a scary story to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Book of the Dead in the woods. You know, people start dying all over the place. Kind of like Cabin in the Woods, but without Cabin yeah. in the Woods being super meta, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Fetty Alvarez was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not making this funny at all. I'm going to make this yeah. super scary. And it's got Jane Levy. And again, shout out Jane Levy. She's awesome. She's the best. That, and that movie's gory as hell. And yeah. that, 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 that gore, I'm like, yo, this is super scary. I'm on, I'm on board with it. I'm down. So that's a hot take. I don't know if people will disagree because I think people say Evil Dead 2 is better than Evil Dead 1. But yeah. The Evil Dead and Sam Raimi are so iconic as a, you know, director in a franchise. Yeah. That, you know, I think a lot of people give the remake a, a thumbs up being like, if you're going to remake something and you're going to do it differently, this is the yeah. way you should do it. So Evil Dead 2013. Oh, and then we were talking about this before. Oh, another Sam Raimi. You said, drag me to hell. How does this have a... <laughs> Uh, what did it have a 91 or something yeah like that? it had a high score on rotten tomatoes That's and a i great was movie. like how yeah i don't know i gotta rewatch it i agree with you though evil dead i don't know it's so different from the original but for me personally i would rather watch the remake than the personal just because i love that gore i love that horror i think it's a great movie honestly like underrated i love that movie i it's one of my favorite horror movies of that's you know from the 2000s it's a really great one so i i agree good i'm glad you agree because <laughs> i kind of i kind of i think your, it is that takes I, a little i think it is it's okay it's a hot take so that's, that's the think, point of it right yeah i think yeah i think yeah people are really attached to the original evil dead so we might get some backlash on that but we're ready for it yeah, I think uh, is Sam Raimi. I want to say he's involved with the new Doctor Strange in some sense. He was, but I think he left. Am I? I think Derrickson left. Oh. Oh no! Yeah, he's yeah. Oh, he's directing it. Oh, he yeah, is. Because Scott Derrickson, Sorry. Scott Derrickson yeah. left. Yes, yes, you're right. And Scott Derrickson was the one that did Sinister. Uh, fantastic movie. Yes, love that movie. Okay, you're right. You're right. I was like, didn't somebody leave? This isn't a comic book. Uh, podcast guys we don't have to be <laughs> all knowing yeah but it's like it's horror right yeah like, that, i'm that, excited to watch that i i hopefully it has some horror aspects because you know people got love for for spider-man toby and yeah. i got love for drag me to hell because 
uh, Justin Long and yeah. uh, what's her name? Um, Alison Lohman, who's in one of my all-time favorite movies, which is Matchstick Men, with one of the greatest <laughs> all-time actors of all time, Sam Rockwell, and oh yeah, Nicholas Rage in the Cage Cage. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up this episode, but I think let's end with just recommending a movie or a show for our listeners to watch for Halloween this weekend, which is tomorrow on Saturday. What should people watch? Uh, do you want to do a show and a movie, or one or the other? Whatever. Whatever yeah. your heart desires. Right. Whatever's calling to you right now in this moment. Sure. Uh, I'll say Invisible Man. I don't know if you were going to say that as well. but <laughs> Yeah. Invisible Man. That could be our joint pick. Um, yeah. I think, if you haven't seen it yet, it's great. Super good. It's on HBO Max. Yeah. You got that. If you haven't seen it, and if you've seen Invisible Man, my pick will be Upgrade with same director with Logan Marshall Green, uh, who you Ooh, might know from like from Prometheus. So, yeah, that's my choice. Awesome. I'll say, yeah, Invisible Man. And then also, you know, got to watch the classics on Halloween. Any Halloween, watch the original if it's been a few years. Watch Nightmare. Watch Friday the 13th. Those are the trio in my heart of the classics. So I got to recommend those. Cool. Oh, I just totally remembered. I like, I said Chucky... Jason and uh, Michael and Freddie. I totally left out Leatherface, so I might get some crap oh, for that. Yeah. If people just tuned out halfway through the podcast, like, this guy didn't talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How could they? I'd be like, okay, whatever. Sorry. I'll throw him in there. I totally forgot about Leatherface. It's, it's not a good mask either, though. So It's other people's faces, right? So Yeah, so it's not, it's not like a Michael. I do love Texas Chainsaw, but we'll get into this another time. Some of the, the sequels, trash. So, you know, Jessica it, is, it, is, it is what it is. All right, everyone, we're going to end this now. So make sure you have a spooky, spooky Halloween full of horror movies, shows, whatever it is you're into. And make sure you tweet at us with any responses to our hot takes or just the podcast in general. How do you like it? Uh, my Twitter is at Natalie Zamora with two A's and Max is at Odd Slice. Uh, and also leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts because we'll really, really enjoy it. And we'll shout you out if you leave us a question. Um, catch us on our next episode, which will be released next Friday, November 6th. How is it November already? I don't know. Thank you guys for listening. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.